the pursuit of defining the good and the bad, the expansion of morality in and out of itself has proven to be quite a an extensive conversation. Of course, I did say that moral philosophy is extremely vast in the episode of morality. When I said that, I was precisely at the beginning of my findings and I did consult with a few people and I read a few books and I was notified that it goes deeper and rather more extensive than what I had found and this is where I am again, trying or rather doing my best to define the good and the bad, bad and the good actions. Uh, the good and the bad things we say, how we may portray ourselves in society and more precisely to ourselves and to the many communities we have, such as our families and friendships. How the good and the bad contribute to our social stance, our connections, our economic standing, whether it be individual, societal, provincial country or continent there are certain aspects or certain things that happen that are good and that are bad that leave us in certain places or in certain areas of our lives with that in mind uh, to expand on the topic of morality, I decided to, well, I, I didn't really decide. I started off by asking a question regarding virtues and vices. And in one of the previous episodes, I had a thought and I did state my thought that sometimes when you ask questions, you tend to go not necessarily back to the same question due to your vices i mean yes that is technically what i said but in this context it's it's not necessarily me going back to the question because of my biases it's me going back to the previous findings because of how they link to this particular current topic it's funny because i never really thought of that before not not until now really that certain things or rather the smaller components of our reality make up or rather, the congruence of those smaller components of our reality make up the larger reality as we see it individual reality when shared with others makes up reality as we see and experience it. Welcome to the Think Peace podcast, where I discuss a wide range of topics that aim at questioning reality as we know and believe it to be. This is episode five, and the topic is virtues and vices. How far does the concept of good and bad go? 
My name is Ian M. Maluleka. Before we get right into it, I would like to let it be known that, as the audience, you need not know the ins and outs of these topics. The discussions will be concise and straight to the point. In future, the research literature of the podcast will be posted along with references used in presentation of each episode. The aim of this presentation is to create discussions around the things we see and experience. I hope you enjoy it and share your thoughts and questionings and interact with each other. Now, to kick it right off, like I stated, the area of good and bad, I, I, I did define it in morality. And I also went on to define it in ethics, the questions of ethics. Now there's another portion whereby in morality, there was an area where I stated that um, morality does have its own set of principles. Individual, subjective and objective morality also has its own set of principles that define good and bad. The individual has principles and the society in itself has principles. The objective vessel and the subjective vessels both have virtues and vices. And these virtues and vices are what assist us in the creation of cultural norms, uh, personal values, and societal expectations. Good and bad behavior are fundamental components of morality and contribute to the development of these particular virtues and vices. The study of good and bad is so extensive and goes far in history to a point whereby we have to now look at historical philosophers like Aristotle, for which his work does illustrate the enduring human desire to establish shared values, norms, and beliefs of the society. Now, these concepts are part of a broader framework of morality, which involves distinguishing between right and wrong actions, intentions, and decisions. Virtues represent positive, desirable qualities that are conducive to moral excellence. While vices, of course, are the opposite and are negative, harmful behaviors that reflect moral deficiencies. In this way, vices provide further guidance for the distinction between right and wrong behavior, moral and immoral behavior. We, well, we all know what right and wrong is. Virtues and vices just assist in the proper definition of those things. And still, in virtues and vices, there are principles themselves that define these particular areas. But before I get to that area, let's first um, talk about the origin of virtues and vices, starting off with virtue, which originates from the Latin word virtus, which denotes strength, courage, or excellence. Initially, it referred to physical strength and bravery in battle, but over time, it took a broader sense of moral goodness. 
the ancient Greeks also had a concept of virtue, which they called areti, signifying excellence or moral virtue. Virtues are positive character traits that contribute to ethical and moral excellence. They are qualities that we admire and aspire to cultivate, such as honesty, integrity, kindness, and compassion. Vices, of course, are, however, different. The term vice comes from the Latin word vidium, which means defect or fault. In ancient Rome, it referred to any defect or flaw, whether physical or moral. However, over time, the meaning of the word shifted to focus specifically on moral defects and it came to be associated with behaviors that were considered sinful, immoral, or wicked. Vices are negative character traits that lead to moral failure and harm. Examples of vices include greed, selfishness, envy, and dishonesty. Virtues and vices have their own forms of principles that govern them. Like some subjective morality, uh, virtues and vices can be considered universal, such as the virtue of honesty and also the vice or the opposite, which is the vice of dishonesty. Now, to illustrate this universal agreement that we have with regards to honesty and dishonesty, of course, there are certain areas of honesty and dishonesty that are not necessarily universal, whereby one is dishonest to protect the other, but also only harming themselves, which is kind of a bit of a complication because to the receiver, you are still dishonest. And to yourself, you may be honest, but you're now fooling yourself into believing that you're honest for the sole purpose of protection, uh, protecting the next person. However, certain honesties of that nature tend to be filtered. And when you filter honesty, it, it, it's not really the whole truth now, is it? It becomes something completely different. And it doesn't just serve the purpose of what virtues uh, serve, it, it also now diminishes the individual decision that the person has to make with regards to whatever information you're giving them. Anyway, this is <laughs> another complicated or rather lengthy topic, but let me just illustrate the topic of honesty using um, the story of the boy who cried wolf. The story of the boy who cried wolf is about a young shepherd boy who was tasked with watching over a flock of sheep. To entertain himself, he repeatedly cries out that there is a wolf that is attacking the sheep, causing the villagers, of course, to come and try to assist however they can. Now this boy does this repeatedly to a point whereby the villagers no longer believe that he is in any form of danger, which is concerning because it so happened that at one point he faces an actual wolf. 
And as he cried for assistance, the villagers did not believe a single thing he said because they thought he was being deceitful and playful again. For he has done this so many times in the past. The wolf, of course, goes on to ravage um, the sheep that he had. And, well, the story ends there, but there are many conclusions that have been made with regards to the story. This illustrates the, the troubles that may occur when one is being dishonest and deceitful. However fun it may be, whether you're a child or you're old, however beneficial it may be for yourself, which also kind of signifies the area in, in, in this particular uh, story. It, it, it shows the area of instant gratification whereby the boy now foregoes a point of the request of actual assistance when he is actually in trouble so that he can enjoy the pleasures of fooling the villagers at that particular moment. Delayed gratification would be him getting the assistance he required. Instant gratification is just him having fun and fooling around. And that is at that moment. Lucius Seneca said it better in his moral letters when he said that the disease of the rational soul are long-standing and hardened vices such as greed and ambition. They have put the soul in a straitjacket and have begun to be permanent evils inside it. To put it briefly, this sickness is an unrelenting distortion of judgment. So things that are only mildly desirable are vigorously sought after. Which does translate to the topic of delayed and instant gratification which has been quite a large topic for motivational speakers in, in, in well, not in recent times, maybe five, ten years ago, precisely before COVID hit. And it's still one of those topics that are actually being spoken of with regards to one maintaining control over themselves and their desires and one maintaining a sense of having a higher purpose and having a goal or it actually works in also it's said to work in goal setting where whatever it is that you want you set a specific time for it and then you now forgo anything that may come from the pleasures of today so that you can get the pleasures of tomorrow instead of eating or spending your money or going all out today you just Save so that you can go to that holiday a month later. See, by learning to resist the temptation of immediate pleasure, individuals can strengthen their willpower. Which also begs a number of questions, such as, do vices, or rather a controlled aspect of vices, regulate our virtues can light actually be perceived as light where darkness doesn't exist do we sometimes use these questions to justify our immoral behavior 
in what ways do ethical virtues and vices, along with the concept of good and bad, play a role in fostering trust and honesty, especially during the present time often referred to as the information age. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to have you again next week as I take you through a journey of mindful thought and questioning about the reality we live in.